Welcome to Leaf and Barrel Podcast. My name is Scott. My name is Tim. My name is John. How's everybody doing tonight? Oh, we're here. It's another night of smoking cigars and drinking whiskey. How could it not be a good night? Yeah, I mean, it, I mean, it's got to be better than last week when we were, you know, smoking whiskey and drinking cigars. That it is. was a little warmer, so yes, it's a little better. <sighs> yeah, that was nice, having it uh, warm up even a little bit after all that polar vortex nonsense, yes. like getting... Human temperatures, you know. Is, so speaking yeah. of thirty-two, is human anymore? But right, right, it's right. better than negative forty, I guess. Absolutely. Yeah. So, uh, so John, what were we smoking tonight? Uh, we went back to a cigar that we have previously smoken on this podcast, but it's still one of my favorites. And since I get to pick the cigars, it's my choice. So we were uh, smoking a Don Pepin Garcia Blue Label. Uh, this was a seven by fifty. And it was in the Churchill shape, so a more traditional cigar than the Torpedo that we were, had previously tried. All right. All right. Uh, Tim, what were we drinking tonight? Uh, we uh, made a, another return appearance of the uh, of a thing that we've had previously. Uh, we had the Whistlepig uh, rye whiskey this, uh, this week. All right. All right. And what did you have to uh, drink on the beer side? Uh, this week I went with the New Holland Dragon's Milk. It's it's a, a bourbon barrel aged stout. Okay, so that's kind of still in the same veins as what you had last week. But bit, this yeah. is a stout versus whatever. It was those, a brown ale last week. That's what it was, yeah. Yeah, I, I got a little excited when you saw that because I actually have some of those in my fridge as we speak right now. So it's like, all right, he's not bringing in something that I've never tried before. So I mean, a little, little surprised that you brought this one, but we'll we'll talk about that a, a little bit later. Yeah, yeah. I uh, like I said, I try to try something different every every time. Even if it's out of my uh, out of my area of expertise, so well, that's the goal, right? Is we're here to try the things that uh, we haven't tried. We're here to give you our honest opinions on whiskey, on beer, on cigars, and if that means that we have to step out of our wheelhouse, remember, we take that risk for you. We're here for you. We will smoke as many cigars as it takes. <laughs> we're here Drink for as you. much whiskey. We're, we're here for the people. We're here for the team. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Take one for the team. All right. So why don't we start off by uh, going over the cigar again this week. Okay. Uh, so, so you said we had the Don Pepin Blue Label. Yes. Uh, John, what did you think of it? Um, it's one of my favorite cigars. So um, my review and my opinion of it is going to be slightly biased in terms of a positive review. Okay. Um, I thought, uh, just as before, it had a great construction. Uh, it was very easy to smoke. Um, it had perfect burn lines. I don't think any of us had any issues uh, smoking the cigar in terms of it canoeing or tunneling or going out by itself, um, which is always great. Um, you got a lot of smoke for the cigar. A lot out, of smoke. It put out a really nice output. It was a very heavy producer. It was nice. Yeah. Um, and I thought the flavors were, were really rich and I thought they were very easy to pull out. Um, I was getting a bit of chocolate in the beginning, um, some caramel, and then it finished off with a, a nice uh, roasted nut taste that I, I really enjoyed. Yeah. I Myself, I, I started out with just a little bit of chocolate um, with a little bit of leather in there as well. And then just like, like you said, it, it finished with with some nut. Mm-hmm. I didn't get the caramel myself, but I, I think that had to do with the stout. Sure. Because the, the beer I drank was a bit bitter, and I think that took away that, that sweet caramel flavor. Tim, what about you? Yeah, I, it's uh, it's hard to say anything you guys didn't. You know, I started out strong with the... Uh, Why do we have him? 
Right. I, I mean, it's the face made it's for, for radio. Whiskey, really, it's true. He brings the whiskey. Okay. <laughs> uh, so I it started with the chocolate flavor, and that was always it's it's good. Um, it I also experienced a decent chocolatey, or I'm sorry, it had the chocolate. I also experienced a decent leather profile mm-hmm. at the very beginning. Uh, and there was a hint of that caramel. I didn't quite get as much of it, I don't think, as you did, John. Okay. Uh, but in the retrohale a little bit, it kind of – and the retrohale is very difficult on this cigar. It's such a heavy producer of smoke. But it, I picked it up there. Towards the end, I got a bit of the pepper. The leather stayed pretty consistent all the way through. And then it finished on a very strong nut mm-hmm. uh, profile. And even throughout, I had a little bit of like that bitter – uh, butter taste right so it was kind of savory uh like like if you ever if you ever just like ate butter i know how weird and gross that sounds but like if you ever what looked it off doing of in your free time that's so weird hey we're from wisconsin i'm telling that's you true. yeah i mean usually we eat cheese but i mean hey man if i can coat my cheese in butter let's go absolutely <laughs> i got the right? i got the body yeah, to show it, it. <laughs> <laughs> uh but yeah so like it had a little bit of that like bitter kind of butter taste all the way through that was pretty subtle um really nice aftertaste yeah yeah exactly yep but yeah it started out chocolatey leathery ended spicy with a bit of nut a little caramel all the way through a little bit of butter all the way through really solid cigar like you said john the construction was fantastic it had strong burn lines all the way down i didn't have any issues with touching it up or anything like that the draw was very easy and it still produced a ton of smoke which is always nice Absolutely. So, Tim, the whiskey, what do you think of it? Well, uh, I continue to be surprised. Uh, kind of like Blackened, the rye whiskey is a bit outside my wheelhouse here. And last week, we gave I gave it a really high rating. I was mm-hmm. a huge fan of this whiskey, and it just doesn't change. Uh, a bit of the citrus notes at the very beginning, um, fruity, kind of green, and incredibly smooth for it being a hundred proof the fact that i could you could legitimately just like drink this whiskey and it not hurt at all is astonishing in my mind yeah i i even took a sip again this week and yeah still none of that burn that you would expect with a a hundred proof whiskey mm-hmm. i thought it was very earthy myself yep uh again i didn't drink a whole lot of it i only had a sip but getting there, getting there. We'll, we'll convert them one steps. of these days, baby folks. steps. <laughs> what about yourself, John? How'd you think of uh, the whiskey? I think you hit the nail on the head. Um, I, I loved all the different flavors that you were able to pull out. Um, I agree with everything that you said. Um, the biggest thing that continues to impress me is the proof versus the burn. And with the higher proof and having um, little to no burn. I mean, there, there was a little bit of a burn if you um, drink it at first and you don't really pair it with anything. Um, but even then, it's nothing really bad or horrible. Um, but it was just like, yep, that's a whiskey. But as we started pairing it, it the burn actually went away, which was unique. Yeah, that's definitely the case. You get a bit into that cigar, and it helps m- soften the hit of the whiskey a little mm-hmm. bit. And that is, it's already really, really smooth. It just made so, it smoother. Yeah, that's it. The pairing, like yeah, it, it pairs well. Yeah, it's it, almost creamy smooth. Yeah, yep, absolutely. I totally agree with that. So, so Scott, how about that beer? In all honesty, I wasn't a big fan of it. No, uh, it was. I thought it was very bitter. It it uh, 
very strong on the coffee, just black, bitter coffee. Okay. Uh, there was a few chocolatey notes in there. You can taste a bit of the oak, which makes sense since it is a bourbon age, or bourbon barrel aged beer. Yep, yep. Uh, not, my, not a big fan of it, but overall, I guess it wasn't too bad. Like, it's, Yeah, if you could try and, like, and this is going to sound weird because I know we just give our opinions on things, like... If you had to separate your personal feelings on, like, the stout, like, how would you feel about the beer as a whole? I, like I said, it was a very coffee-flavored type beer. Very bitter. Okay. It might pair well with some things, but the flavors that we were pulling out in this cigar yeah. just didn't clash well with this whiskey, or with this whiskey, this beer. Okay. Uh, so I, I wasn't a big fan of it, but... Yeah, that's, I mean... Sometimes it's a hit, sometimes it's a miss. It is a sipping beer, and even according to their website, it states it right on there, this is a beer to sip, this isn't a beer to drink. Well, yeah, what, 12% almost? Uh, 11, 11.9? Yeah, almost 12%. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah, you're going to, don't chug these, please. <laughs> yeah. 11, 11%, yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, now, so, I have actually had this beer uh, before. Okay. Uh, we even podcasted or planned this. Um, and I have to say, I'm actually a fan of this beer. So I, I really like it. It's not an everyday beer. It's not a beer that you're going to want to sit down and, you know, uh, have a couple with your friends, watch a football game or anything like that. But um, if you want to just kind of relax and drink the beer by itself, I think it's a great sipping beer. Like I'm going to watch a movie uh, for, you know, hour and a half, two hours. I think it's a great beer to drink with that. Um, they recommend pairing it with red meats. Um, I've never really tried that. If I'm gonna if I'm gonna drink, have a steak, I'm typically going to drink red wine. Um, so I've never tried pairing this beer with anything. But if you like a good, um, strong coffee beer, I think this is a great beer for you. Yeah, that, that stuff's always seemed really weird to me. Like I understand pairing like red and white wines with food, mm-hmm. but the concept of pairing beers with food seems very strange to me and maybe it's because i'm just not that big into beer in general but i also just wouldn't pair a lot of whiskeys with food right Right. that just seems that seems like such a strange concept to me uh then again maybe it's just because i haven't given enough of a try but like if i'm having a beer i kind of like to have a beer by itself Mm -hmm. right i or you're thinking more pub food like burgers and fries. And yeah, yeah, exactly. Or sit back and eat your pretzels or peanuts yeah. or something. Well, yeah, you're, you're talking about watching bar. a movie. Let me pop some popcorn and yep. let me grab a beer and the life is good. Yeah. So like the idea of like this is a red meat beer. That seems yeah, I'm really not going to watch a movie, eat a steak, and drink a beer. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm doing a disservice to the steak, the beer, and the movie because I can't do all three of those things at the same time. I, mean, I can yeah. barely walk and breathe at the same time. And God forbid if you if you get him chewing bubble gum at the same time too, and he's going to trip right over his own feet. <laughs> but it's fun to watch. It is fun to watch, though. Uh, that, is, uh, that is what America's funniest videos is based on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so going forward, uh, so Tim, uh, how would you rate your your whiskey this week? It stands the test, you know. It wasn't a fluke last week. I, I have to sit at a solid nine again. It. Ref- what would you say if I changed out the whiskey in the bottle and it was really just plain old Jack? I feel like I would know. Okay, and may- I, I did not. I did not do that. Maybe not. And I'm too lazy to do that. Now, now I've got to second guess myself, uh, ass knuckle. This might have to happen one week. We might have to fuck with Tim one week. All right, oh, give him that, that blind taste test to yeah. see if he can actually pick it apart or if he's just full of shit. <laughs> uh, no, I, if I had to give that a number, I, just the same as last week, this is a nine. This whiskey is phenomenal for being a rye whiskey, which is not something I normally do. It is so smooth. 
the flavors are pronounced and good. You know, none of the flavors that I picked out of this are bad. It It is citrus. It is fruity. It's a little green. And maybe even into the earth kind of palette that you got out of it. Not so much, right? But, like, I can totally understand that being like a ground flavor, yep, yep. if you will, like a base mm-hmm. note kind of through it. So, yeah, if I – given this a number, it still sits at a solid nine. This Week after week at this point, this is – I would gladly buy more bottles of this and just have it available to myself. Part of your personal collection. Yeah, this yeah. is this is a fantastic whiskey to set a glass down and, and just sip. Oh, shit. <laughs> So this is a fantastic whiskey to just set a glass down and sip, whether you're at your computer, whether you're watching a movie, whether you're hanging out with your friends, I don't care. This, have a glass and it will just go well. Oh, absolutely. Um, it's it stood the test of time. Um, I was still It was still smooth, so I don't know really what would change anything with that. Um, Tim, I didn't get as much citrus flavoring as you did, but I definitely got the um, greens and floral taste of that, and it was very enjoyable. Um, I would highly recommend this, and um, I would recommend this to anyone, even if they're a little timid about whiskey. I would say, yeah, this is a, a try this, see if you like it, because again, all the flavors that you were talking about are, are very easy to pull out. At least for yeah. me, it was the, the earthy and, and the the green and the floral. Um, so it's a good test. It's like, did, did you pull this out? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And you, you can kind of go from there and build off of that. It's almost a weird thing because I'd even like suggest this as even like a beginner whiskey. Like if you want to step into whiskey and really start to like – delve into the flavor profiles kind mm-hmm. of piggybacking on you there is like even if you don't get all the flavors it's a very easy whiskey to drink well, yeah. it doesn't it's, it's have the other, standard some different flavors than what you get in your typical whiskey too yeah it's not oaky it's not smoky right. it's not yeah yep so you're gonna be able to pull out some different flavors from what i understand it, it seems like it would be a decent whiskey for people to have in their collection to have a rye whiskey in their collection Oh, yeah, yeah. If you're looking just to add a rye to your whiskey, like if you're already big on whiskeys and you love them and you're looking for a rye to add, I don't know that I could recommend this more highly. No, not at all. It's always good to have, you know, just one rye part of your collection. Yep, get one of everything. There are Mm -hmm. some people that that's all they can drink is rye whiskey. Yep. Um, So, John, uh, did you get a number as Um, far as a rating? I, I think last week or the last time we talked about this was uh, eight and a half for me, and I would I would stay, stay consistent. The same. Yep, yep, absolutely. Right. So, what about the cigar? Uh, the cigar for me was a solid nine, um, and I'm sticking with that. Uh, I had a great construction. Um, the unique thing about the Don Pepin Blue Label cigars is there's almost three bands on it. So, at the foot of the cigar, you have a <laughs> yep. nice uh, blue satin ribbon. You want to make sure you take that off before lighting your cigar uh, for obvious reasons. Um, then it has a smaller, uh, very narrow, thin band um, than your traditional band. And each time that we were trying to take the bands off, none of us had an issue with the band grabbing the wrapper of the cigar, so we didn't have any issues with that. Um, it smoked extremely well, uh, so we had no issues of having to touch up the cigar or anything like that. Um, the flavor output was outstanding. You always... Uh, it was very easy to pull out the individual flavors. Um, 
And there was a journey from, I would say, there was a, a journey from the first um, third of the cigar to the, the last two-thirds of the cigar. So if you're looking for um, something different and a journey for a cigar, it gave you that as well. Um, and it was enjoyable from beginning to the end. I think all of us were pretty much down to the very last inch, if that, for the cigars. We we all enjoyed smoking yeah. them, which is yep. pretty impressive. You get three guys sitting around in a garage, you know, 30-degree temperature. Granted, we had we had a little space heater going on, but... Uh, they don't need to know that. The temperatures really didn't bother anyone, and we were just really all enjoying the cigar. So no one was trying to smoke it and say... Whew, am I almost done with this one? Okay, I got a little bit more to go. It's like, that was really good, really satisfying. Um, and it, overall, it wasn't that heavy of a cigar. Overall, I would say it was you know, a medium-bodied cigar, I think would be a, a fair assessment for this. Um, so it's it's not like it was an event after you got done smoking. I could go out and I could do other things. Um, so again, it's a great approachable cigar. It's an everyday smoke. Um, so that's why I give it a nine. Yeah, I... I- you know, it was a solid construction cigar. You know, it smoked very good. Nice, clean lines on it. You know, I didn't have any unraveling. The the wrappers came off nicely on it. You know, it it was solid. I, I'd probably give it an eight. Um, it, it was a good cigar. It was well above average. And uh, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the the tri- or the uh, the journey that we had. So, I mean. I'd give it an eight. What about you, Tim? Yeah, I want to say that uh, last week I probably, or the week before would have been our last, or the the episode before would have been our last review of this, and I believe I gave it an eight then, and I, I have to stick with that. You know, it the construction, like you guys said, is fantastic. It is tight. It is strong. There were no issues with canoeing. There were no issues with tunneling. I never had to touch it up. The flavor is good it has a few pronounced flavors and the transition isn't like abrupt it kind of sneaks up on you and that's really good because it sometimes when you go through the flavor changes it can be kind of drastic you're like oh that's really peppery all of a sudden right and this one just kind of like oh i guess i am in the last half it it got really nutty all of a sudden like it and not all of a sudden you know it's kind of counter to what i just said like it it the nut develops throughout the the cigar you don't notice it until you're there yeah exactly right um so yeah i i think that given that a number it, it'd have to be an eight you know i there are some things that like maybe i'd prefer you know maybe a bit more leather out of it or something like that but that's not a knock on the cigar itself that's personal preference at that point it's that is a fantastic cigar. And even I needed John to help remove one of my bands because I was having an issue grabbing it. And none of our bands, I don't think, took any of the wrap with them. No, none. And that can be a problem. You know, you'll, you'll notice that sometimes as you take the, the bands off that the, the glue that they use will grip onto the leaf a little bit. And all of a sudden you've got a hole in your wrap. And this one was glued so well that the band just fell off. Mm-hmm. And there was... You didn't have to worry about it developing a crack because the band had to come off. And like you said, we took it right down to that last inch and it was, I could have gone longer. Like I could have done like an eight incher and been pretty happy with it. Like it would have been a long smoke. Sure. But I wasn't 
happy that it was done. No. Right? It was a good length. I wasn't sad that it was done, but, like, I definitely could have gone for another 20, 30 minutes and been like, this is good. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I think that a good, you know, any sign that you want a longer cigar speaks a lot for me. (laughs) Like, so, yeah, definitely an eight for me. So as far as pairings go, John, how would you how would you pair this this whiskey and cigar together? Um, I thought they played extremely well with each other. Um, Tim talked about how the journey of the cigar um, you didn't realize it was there until we got there, so it had a very smooth blending. Um, when I was uh, sipping on the whiskey and smoking the cigar, um, I noticed a, a little bit of the pepper had gone away, um, but the caramel flavoring became more pronounced, um, which. Um, was very enjoyable for me. Um, so I started uh, probably drinking more of the whiskey um, with the cigar than what I, I usually do. Um, usually when we're uh, recording, I still have a little bit of whiskey left, and I'm I'm sipping on that as we're podcasting. And yep. It makes me a little sad now that I don't have a glass of whiskey here. <laughs> um, but it, it was extremely enjoyable for me. Um, it did not detract from the stellar cigar, did not detract from the stellar whiskey. Um, the one thing I did notice is the subtle burn that we had when you just drank the whiskey by itself um, vanished with the cigar. So, you know, if you don't want that burn, you know, it was just, oh, it's not there anymore. And it still had all of the really good flavors with it. And um, the afternotes of caramel uh, were very pronounced um, and I, I would say I definitely noticed that more in the second half of the cigar. All right. More as the, whereas the first, it, it still played with each other, but it didn't really bring out that caramel. All right. So what would you give for a rating then? Uh, solid seven. All right. Solid seven. How about you, Tim? Uh, I have to agree with the number. I think seven is dead on. Um, I have slightly different reasoning. Um, for me, I was a little sad to see like the citrus notes disappear out of the whiskey. Mm-hmm. Um, but... Like you said, it brought out kind of the caramel flavor of the uh, cigar quite a bit, and that was a nice little experience to have. Uh, it didn't tamp down the pepper at all, which is great because I I like a little bit of pepper. I think a little bit of pepper adds a lot to a cigar's profile. So the fact that the whiskey didn't tone that down at all uh, is a huge positive for me. The whiskey, just like you said, got dangerous because it was so smooth mm-hmm. after having half the cigar down. You could just easily just, you could drink it, not even sip it, yep. and you would be fine. And it, that's well, you a, wouldn't be fine. Right? That's, that's the problem. <laughs> you try to stand up and you're like, nope, we're going to do another cigar, I think. Yeah, we are. Which, at the end of the day, is that a bad thing? I, it depends on what your next morning is like. I got the day off. You do. We don't. (laughs) Sounds like a you problem. It is definitely an us problem. Uh, So yeah, I I think seven is dead on. I think that's a perfect rating. They play very well together uh, without being exceptional because we have had a couple of pairings that were exceptional. They drew out a bunch of other flavors. These kind of tempered each other a little Mm -hmm. bit. And that was a, and that little bit of tempering they did added quite a bit. And so I think seven is is a perfect rating for these. Uh, what about yourself, Scott? How was your uh, combination of the beer and the cigar? It, it actually started out real, real good uh, because of the the chocolatey notes in the beer and the chocolatey notes in the cigar right off the bat. It paired well right off the bat. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, 
But after, you know, smoking into the cigar a little more and getting into the beer a little more, you know, the flavor profile changed of the cigar. Yep. And once that chocolate disappeared from the cigar, I thought things just went downhill from there. Really? Yeah. Uh, the bitterness and the the coffee flavors of the the beer, I thought, just, just took away too much from the cigar. Uh, so I can't really give it a real high rating. That's fine. I mean... I'd probably give it like a four even because it is below average. It actually took away from the cigar. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. That's so, a shame, but I mean, yeah, we're here I, to be honest. I, I would expect that, you know, having drinking that beer in the past and smoked that cigar, I was like, I, I looked at like, uh, that may not be the best pairing, but yep, yep. I mean, it is where it is. My, my ignorance, you know, I figured, you know, some of the, the, the chocolatey notes in the beer of a stout might help come out in a cigar more and being in a burble, bur, burble. <laughs> how much beer did you drink right. only like three quarters of one <laughs> got them off uh the bourbon eight or bourbon barrel aged beer i figured that would help you know with some of the flavors of the cigar too but mm-hmm. i it didn't you know like i said off the bat it was great and then it went dr- drastically downhill after that so if i had to give it a rating yeah i'd probably give it like a four what would you rate the first half when the chocolate was, play- was uh, playing with each uh, other? The first, like, five minutes of the scar when the chocolate was there, I'd probably give that pairing, you know, probably a six because, you know, it kind of paired well together, but it didn't do anything great. Okay. Okay. So it was above average to start, and then just, like I said, went downhill. Yeah. You know, I'm wondering if you get, like, a more of a Maduro wrapper where you get more of a coffee and uh, dark chocolate flavoring with it, if that might pair better with it but it might be something we can try later as on. far as personal preference i probably still wouldn't enjoy it because of how bitter this beer was i just okay. didn't enjoy the beer in general sure yeah. so i mean if, if i found a beer that was more coffee flavored but without the bitterness it might do something for it and i might enjoy it but you know and it, this beer in particular i'd probably say no okay it being a four like that's like it's a bad thing but like that's not a bad thing right like we said earlier we're here to take these risks for you like, you know, we'll find those bad pairings and we'll let you know. So, you know, it's kind of nice that we're able to give another less than stellar review because it, we want to show you that we're honest. We're always going to give you our real oh, yeah. opinion on things. Yes, you know, be honest. Yep. So if we find something we don't like, we're going to tell you because we want you to experience the best you can. And we don't want to lead you astray because we would like to bring as many people into this flock as we can because we enjoy these things. Oh, yeah. I don't want to give you, give you a solid review and say these paired great together when they were actually just garbage, you know, and then you go into it and going, well, how can we trust these guys? Yeah, exactly. We want to give you the honest truth so you don't go into it thinking it's going to be great when it isn't. So, so John, do you have any tips for us for uh, smoking cigars this week? I do. Um, initially, I was going to talk about how to properly light a cigar, but um, I actually changed my mind um, when we started smoking our cigars. Okay, um, go on. So, a cigar band. Yeah. Uh, the purpose of a cigar band uh, is really uh, twofold. Um, one is to help differentiate which end of the cigar you should light. Um, you should light the end that doesn't have the cap on it, and that's going to be furthest away <laughs> from the cigar band. Uh, but it also uh, lets you know, you know what type of cigar you're smoking, who manufactured it. Um, and it's just a, n- a nice place to, you know, where should you hold the cigar when you first start lighting it. 
Um, but eventually, uh, if it's a good cigar, you're going to be smoking past the band. Yep. Um, so you have the question of how do you remove the band? Um, and the first thing is, yes, you do want to remove the band. You don't want to let the band um, light on fire, and that's going to destroy the flavor of the cigar, and uh, you're, you're just going to end up with a uh, really bad time. And and it's not a stopping point. No. That is, not, that is not to let you know, hey, this is where you stop smoking either. No, absolutely not. Um, but if you remove the band too soon, you, you could run into a few problems. So the bands are actually uh, glued together. Um, then they do not glue the band uh, to the leaf. However, they do wrap it so it's fairly tight um, on the cigar. Now, if you have a cigar that's properly uh, in, a, in a humidor that's uh, at a relatively uh, correct temperature and humidity, that band shouldn't be sliding around too much. Um, the problem with that is if it's not sliding around too much, when you rip the band off, you might take some of the wrapper with you, and that's going to destroy the cigar, and then all of a sudden you have created a stopping point, and we want to avoid that. <laughs> yep, yep. So the trick for that is you actually want to smoke it so that you get relatively close to the band, and what's going to happen is as that tobacco is heating up throughout the cigar and as you're smoking it, you're drawing in heat, and that heat is actually going to be loosening up the glue. Um, what you want to do then is actually, instead of trying to tear away at the band and find where the band is actually glued together, you want to slightly pinch the cigar. And what that's going to do is it's actually going to cause the flap to come up just a little bit so you can slowly start to peel it away. Now, the problem sometimes of what will happen is if a band has been on the cigar for too long, it's actually going to start to adhere to the wrapper. And yeah. then the wrapper is going to start to come off with uh, the band. Um, so if you can avoid that, great. But what happens if the wrapper starts sticking to the band? Yeah, it's a rough place to be. Yeah. Yeah, so, it's a real – because <laughs> if your wrap starts to crack or it gets torn, you're going to be in a world of like, Ugh. Yeah, and we want to avoid that at all possible costs. So if that starts happening, what you actually want to do – is stop removing the band and actually remove the band the opposite direction of the way that you were peeling it. Um, so if you were going, say, you were unbanding it from left to right, stop and then take the band and go the opposite direction from the side that's still part of the cigar. And what, what will actually happen then is you will remove less wrapper with your band. Uh, so again, the key is to wait till you smoke the cigar, let the heat actually loosen up the glue a little bit, and then you want to give the cigar a slight pinch. Again, we don't want to do a whole lot of force. Um, you can always add force. You can never take it away so that we don't crack the rest of your cigar. Yep. Um, but it just loosens up that band a little bit and slowly peel it away. And if you feel the band sticking to the cigar, stop and start attacking it from the other end. Because at that point, uh, you're just going to unwrap the cigar the opposite way and your wrapper should be absolutely fine. Yeah, because the thing there is by going the opposite way, uh, if you start to notice any kind of pulling, that's where, like you're going to create a weak point and that's where the tear is going to start. So you come back around from the other side because that's where the tobacco is still strongest. So hopefully it's enough still. It mm -hmm. hasn't torn far enough that it will continue to go. Yeah. So, And then the last point is once you have the cigar wrapper off of the cigar, um, if you really are enjoying that cigar, save that wrapper. So you can go to any cigar lounge and it's like, I really enjoyed this cigar. And if you show them the band, they will be able to identify it and they can give you that cigar again. Um, there, are, Some of these bands are extremely ornate. So you actually have some people who collect them if you want to go that route. You know, um, you I never thought can. about that, just collecting bands. But yep. it just makes sense now that you point – because they are – some of these are really pretty actually yeah. for just being a little piece of paper with some – Yeah, they're, they're really Some of them pretty. are extremely ornate. Yeah. Um, and likewise, if you really dislike that cigar, I would also highly recommend don't just throw it away and discuss. 
save it just like you save your ones that you really like. So that way you know I'm never getting this cigar again. Yeah, that's a solid piece of advice. And that's the cigar tip of the week. Yeah, that's right. that's actually I, – I genuinely never considered the idea of keeping it when you didn't like it. And it's like why would you why – would I, I didn't like it. Why would I keep it? But sometimes it can be really hard to tell – or remember exactly what you smoked. Yeah, I had this one cigar one time, and I really disliked it. Okay, what cigar was it? Uh, I think it had a red wrapper. Uh, (laughs) Well, that's just it. You know, you could have one or have a couple cigars. You know, both are the same brand, but one might, you know, Mm -hmm. have one wrapper and one has another wrapper. So, I mean, Don Kevin makes more than one type of cigar. You can't be like... Errol Fuente makes more than one type of cigar. Absolutely. (laughs) You can't be just like, I don't like Errol Fuente's. Like, oh, take it. Oh, which one? Yes, exactly. <laughs> There's a lot of them. Which one? What size? What shape? Absolutely. Yep, yep. So the band will at least keep you. Um, what you know? What's the company and what's the type of the cigar you're having? Yep. Then you can get a little more in depth with the size and the shape. Yeah, yeah, that's a solid tip. Yep. Um, I do have a tip uh, for whiskey. This is a really brief one, um, but it it makes a world of difference. If you are somebody that has several whiskeys and you don't just go through a bottle at a time and then get the next bottle, right? You have you have storage and you have several bottles at any given time. Storing them is really important. Uh, some of them have genuine cork toppers, some you know, and that matters a lot. Some of them are just regular screw-on caps or whatever, and that's fine. But the big point is to make sure that you keep them out of direct sunlight. Because direct sunlight will destroy a whiskey really quickly. So keep it in, like medicine, keep it in a cool, dry place and keep it out of the way of direct sunlight because there's nothing worse than having a whiskey that you really loved and you've had it for a year and you kept it in a bad place and you come back to it and all of a sudden it is not the same thing because the tannins in that were destroyed by the UV uh, radiation from the sun. It's just... Don't do that to yourself. Take the time, put it in a cabinet or something, uh, and store it correctly. That way you can enjoy it in the future because whiskey doesn't age in the bottle. Once it is poured, that is it. It is going to be that way for as long as you keep it correctly. So if you notice that something tastes different, you've probably stored it wrong or there wasn't a good seal on the cap. So... Just store it right. It's a real simple tip. Just keep it out of direct sunlight, you know, and for the most part, that's going to let you keep your whiskey for a damn long time while you want to drink it. I like it. Solid. So uh, if people want to get a hold of us, Tim, where can they do that? Oh, basically everywhere. Uh, If you want to reach out to us, give us any tips, suggestions, questions, concerns, suggestions, requests. We're always looking for new cigars, new whiskeys, new beers, new pairings. Let us do the heavy lifting for you. And you can always reach us uh, through email at leafandbarrelpodcast at gmail.com. You can reach us on Patreon, on Instagram, on Facebook at Leaf and Barrel Podcast. You can reach us on Twitter at Leaf Barrel Pod. I can't promise that we'll respond to everything, but I can promise that we'll read everything. So please do reach out to us. I do also want to give a shout out real quick to our man about music, Arn Husby, for the Warm Duck Shuffle. That is our intro and outro music. Look that man up anywhere you can. He has earned your money, I promise. And John, do you have a closing question for us? 
Yes, between you and your friends, who spends more time checking themselves out than working out at the gym? This we, is, we already know the answer to this one. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. This has been Leaf and Barrel Podcast. My name is Scott. My name is Tim. My name is John. Have a great night. <laughs>